Greetings. It's time for Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World, a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship and the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. Today's topic is Understanding Islam. Please welcome Reverend George Wolfe with special guest Faiz Rahman. Hello. Last week we talked with Dr. Faiz Rahman from the Ball State University Department of Geography. Faiz is Associate Professor at Ball State University, and he comes to us from Bangladesh. He was raised in the Muslim tradition, and he continues to practice his faith in Muncie, Indiana, where he's very active in the local mosque and Muslim community. He's also been very much a part of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship, a very strong supporter of our interfaith dialogue, our interfaith worship services, and the efforts we make serving the food pantry at Friends Memorial Church in downtown Muncie. I began our interview in the last segment with a short reading from the Koran, which our listeners may not be too familiar with, the Koran being the revered and holy book of Islam. And I would like to do the same today. This book, without doubt, has guidance in it for the conscientious, those who believe in the unseen and steadily practice prayer and give of what we have provided them, and those who believe what has been sent down to you and what was sent down before you and are certain of the hereafter. They follow guidance from their Lord, and they are the happy ones. That's from the Muslim Quran. Faiz, let us continue our interview. We talked already about people who may not be familiar with what's in the Quran. I know there's a lot of people who have misconceptions of Islam, and perhaps by your experience you may have run into some of that. Could you, would you like to speak to a few of those, those ideas that perhaps people have that uh, are misconceptions of the faith? Yeah, I think uh, Islam is the most misunderstood system in the West. Even though Islam and Christianity has so many things very common. But somehow, I guess, uh, maybe because of media, because of our past history, and so forth, and there are a lot of misconceptions about Islam. Mm-hmm. And of course, the recent events like the 9-11, mm-hmm. uh, Iraq, or other things, uh, do not help, really, in getting rid of those misconceptions. Mm-hmm. I think one of the uh, biggest misconceptions that I have noticed in West about Islam is that as if Muslims worship some Arabian god or something like that. <laughs> but that's not true. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the word that Muslims use about God or the, common or the proper name that Muslims use about God is Allah. Mm-hmm. Now, if you went to any Arabian country and talked to a Christian, he or she would say the same word, Allah. Mm-hmm. It's just that this word is a unique word. It means God. Just like uh, mm-hmm. Dieu in French would mean God, or Elohim in Hebrew. The uniqueness of this term is that any other word has a masculine, feminine kind of connotation, or it can be made into singular, plural. Right. Mm-hmm. But Allah is a word that doesn't have any masculine or feminine connotation. Hmm. Also, it doesn't have any plural. I see. Mm-hmm. So that's why this term Allah is used. In Quran, Very interesting, yeah. as I mentioned, mm-hmm. that any Arabic-speaking Christian would use the same word mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. he or she tries to talk about God. I know that's something that's being has been wrestled with in Christianity is the the patriarchal tradition referring to God as He. People are trying to balance that with bringing out the feminine 
qualities or ask, uh, attributes that may be associated with God. And then there's also those of us who see God as transcendent. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, Allah appears to address the transcendent status of God. Right. Would you, would you agree? Yeah, mm-hmm. I do, I do. And that's, um, the idea is that God is not a female or male, mm-hmm. that it transcends those mm-hmm. uh, gender issues or mm-hmm. time issues and so mm-hmm. forth. Mm-hmm. So this is, I think, one of the misconceptions. The other one is about, I guess, the idea that Muslims are uh, always fighting against Christians or something like that. And that's mm-hmm. not true either. If you look at the uh, history of the last 1400 years of Islamic history, Muslims and Christians lived in peace and harmony with each other much more longer time than they fought against each other. So we shouldn't, I guess, forget that, that even though at this moment a lot of problems going on all around the world, but that's not all. You know, uh, whenever religions uh, get in the news, it always seems to be the extremes. The same is true with Christianity, for example. It's the people who get in the news are the people who say the most outlandish things and later have to apologize. <laughs> and what, yeah. what, we, what we see in, in here in the media when it comes to our exposure to Islam are, of course, the extremes. We see the Taliban in, in Afghanistan, which represents a fraction of that. And, 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 and Christian of Christianity, of course, has our, our extreme, uh, every religion has their, their extreme fundamentalists and so forth. And, of course, the value of interfaith fellowship is to give people a much more af- accurate, balanced, holistic picture of uh, religion and also attune people into the essence of the teachings within the scripture, which are not extreme, which really have a lot in common. Yeah, and in this, I think mm-hmm. in the same spirit, Quran mentions that Muslims will find next to them in faith and tolerance mm-hmm. Christians. And it's a Is verse right? in Quran. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So these are some of these things, I guess, like you mentioned also about the status of Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of misconception exists, mm-hmm. and I think it's from both sides. One thing mm-hmm. is that, uh, like you mentioned, in the news media, they always mention things that are newsworthy. Right. Uh-huh. A lot of good things are going on today in Muncie, mm-hmm. but probably you will not uh, read them. To probably not newspaper. see it on CNN, will you? Right. No. <laughs> but if something bad goes on today mm-hmm. in Muncie, you will <laughs> see it everywhere. Right, right. So mm-hmm. that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, probably the interfaith fellowship and other things that we are trying to work together with you and others mm-hmm. is, is a good step to make each other aware of you know, others' right. uh, similarities and differences. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have very... Uh, 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 fulfilling discussions in our interfaith dialogue. I know you've been there, and uh, uh, it's always a, a pleasure to do that. And I certainly invite the people in the community, anybody who wishes to to attend one of our interfaith dialogues, we have them once a month uh, at the Center for Peace and Conflict Studies at Ball State University. Those of you who would be interested in, in being exposed to interfaith dialogue, I uh, ask you to call 765-285-1622 and uh, leave a message there, and we can get back to you as to when those are being held. We also have interfaith gatherings, which usually involve a carry-in dinner, and these are especially uh, a fun, and the food is great. We, those are open to the entire community, and uh, we usually have a, a wonderful time there. And then we help with the food pantry at the Quaker Church, we, where we take up collections and, 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 and uh, contribute there, and both in terms of financially, but also being there to interact with the people who are in need. And then once a month, we also have interfaith worship services that I hold for anyone who's interested in the in the interfaith worship experience. There's another um, misconception you were talking about it had to do with the status of women in uh, Islam. Would you like to speak to right. that a There's little bit? There's also another issue, I guess, in the West, uh, highly misunderstood, or really misunderstood. 
in Islamic tradition, women wear headscarf. Right. And if we look back, even in this country, 100 years, maybe, maybe even less than mm -hmm. that, we'll notice that women used to wear headscarves. Mm -hmm. In traditional Jewish uh, families, you'll see women wearing headscarves. Mm -hmm. So this idea of wearing headscarf is common to all three of these Abrahamic traditions. Mm -hmm. And just by wearing headscarf, a woman is not uh, subjugated to torture or something like that. It is true that in some of the Muslim countries nowadays, women are treated as second-class citizens. But that's not because of Islam. That's in spite of Islam. And I sometimes try like to give this uh, example. Like in the U.S., a lot of women get raped every year. It's not because of the freedom of this country. It's in spite of that. Right, right. Uh -huh. So there is a similarity mm -hmm. there that Islam mm -hmm. doesn't is clearly tells in Quran that a woman and man are same on the, in the eyes of God. Mm-hmm. Right. But a lot of countries, I think, nowadays, they're using religion to subjugate yeah. women. Well, if you look at the past history of Christianity, there's, there's, there's been a lot of subjugation of women within that right. religious tradition as well. Right. But it was not because of Christianity. You know, like you say, it was in spite of it. That's right. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think one of the things would be like for the listeners of this show, mm -hmm. if they would like to see some of the Muslim families and Muslim gatherings, mm -hmm. I'd also like, you, like to invite them to the mosque that we have in 1717 Ball Avenue. Okay. Mm -hmm. Every Friday at 1 o'clock we have a service. Oh, uh -huh. yeah, and I think it would be a good thing for those who have some questions to come. Sure. And, and is that service open to open, the public? Open oh. to all. And uh, there's a sermon, uh -huh. and then there's a prayer service, oh. Oh. and, uh, and every, every Friday at one o'clock, every 1 Friday at one o'clock, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. also every second Saturday mm -hmm. of the month, every month and second mm -hmm. Saturday, there's a dinner. Oh, it's, um, so we invite Very people good. to come in and join and see the families, talk to them, and I think that's probably the best way to get rid of misconception about each other. Yes, mm -hmm. then you can start putting a face mm -hmm. on the name. You know, right. it's not just uh -huh. those Muslims; it's yeah. somebody that you know, yeah. somebody right. you talk to, and mm -hmm. so forth. You know, if we go back far enough in history, I've noticed that many of the traditions still practiced in countries like Iran and India were once a part of the Christian tradition. Christian women, for example, years ago wore headscarves or covered their heads. In church, men were supposed to remove their hats, while women were to keep their heads covered. Some have suggested that this practice was to guard against vanity and express humility. For men, a hat was an expression of ego. So to remove the hat was a gesture of humility. While for women, a woman's vanity was thought to be with her hair. So for a woman, covering her head was an expression of humility. Today, American women see having to wear a headscarf as a symbol of oppression. But I spoke recently to a Muslim woman from Iran about headscarves. And she said she sees wearing a headscarf as liberating because with her head covered, men do not look at her as a sex object and treat her with greater respect. I think these different cultural worldviews are one reason why there are so many misconceptions about Islam in the United States. And the other thing also, I guess, since we are talking about misconception, uh, is that uh, Muslim countries used to be friends of America even during mm -hmm. this Cold War time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Most all of the Muslim countries are good friends of America. Right. Recent politics are making some trouble, but I think we shouldn't just uh, think that we have always been enemies to each other or something like that. So, so there's some of this I get in terms of social, in terms of religious, there are some of the misconceptions, and we can only break those if we start talking to each other. 
Right. And then we'll find out that how much really we do have in common. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate having you here as our, as our guest today and delighted to know of the Friday and Saturday uh, uh, invitations that you have available uh, at the mosque. And I hope that our listeners will seriously consider joining you and, and getting to know the p- wonderful people at the mosque. Could you give us the phone number of the mosque or some way that they could contact someone if they're interested in attending one of those right. services? Let me give my phone number. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, 765-282-2030. So it's 765-282-2030. So please contact Dr. Faiz Rahman. Dr. Rahman is an associate professor at Ball State University and has been very active in the Muslim community and also has been very supportive of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship. As you could hear, he's also quite knowledgeable about the Quran. Faiz, please come back and join us. Thank you very much for giving me this chance. And to all of you who are listening, may the peace of God which transcends understanding be with you always. listening to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship with content and financial support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie and technical support from radio stations WCRD and Work FM. Most importantly, we thank you, our listeners and followers, for your support. To connect with Converging Streams, including listening to our entire catalog of past programs, getting our latest new content, and making your own contribution to this program, visit our website, convergingstreams.org. Converging Streams is produced by Tony Piazza, George Wolf, and Thomas Perchlick. Thank you for listening, and have a pleasant week.